This podcast is part of the Midwest Podcast Network. Find out more about our other shows and how to support our network at MidwestPodcastNetwork.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Friend of the show, Rick. Hi. We are uh, ending our evening of PAX Day 2. We are sitting at the kitchen table in our Airbnb in Boston, Massachusetts. It's That's hard lovely. to say after a few beers. <laughs> it's Massachusetts. Uh, it's almost midnight, and I'm sure the people above and below us are very happy that we're talking. They can eat a dick. Mass- <laughs> Massachusetts. Um, so, yeah, we're just going to go over some stuff that we played and looked at today. Um, anybody in particular want to start? No? Okay, I will. <laughs> um, I think my favorite game that I played today was a game called Bendy and the Ink Machine, and it was by the Meatly Games, a small team of guys that uh, basically the game is a first-person puzzle game that looks uh, a lot like Steamboat Willie. Very cool aesthetic, very puzzle-oriented, and slightly terrifying, Uh, but cool. Uh, Didn't get a lot of time to speak with the the devs that were there, but it, it just is a very good looking game and it played really well and it was fun and i i played for maybe 15 20 minutes you can't spend a ton of time yeah on these because you kind of you kind of i feel like a dick if i'm spending too much mm-hmm. time playing a game like i felt like a dick going through the entire opus magnum tutorial didn't stop all the other people that were in it front really of me today yeah it doesn't stop them which nope. is awful terrible people um but yeah that was my first game that i really enjoyed uh anybody Want to jump in? This is a great episode. Well, I uh, I got to check out. So Sony has a thing here. You have to download the PlayStation Experience app, and you have to make reservations to play certain games at their booth. Uh, so all of their PSVR games are all appointment based. So I got to check out um, Star Child, and it is a side-scrolling puzzle game that you play in PSVR. You're kind of you're looking at them from the side-scrolling perspective. And um, you're moving a character forward to the right, essentially, and um, kind of manipulating this thing to string like electrical lines together in order to solve a puzzle. It's a very short demo, but Why isn't it called Electrical Child? Well, there's a cool spaceship and stuff. Oh, it's okay. a very, it's a very, um, it's a very slowly paced game, but there's a lot of really cool stuff to look at. Um, the world that they've created is really interesting. There's lots of bright colors and stuff like that, so that's cool. I'm just a little worried that the puzzles in it aren't very puzzly. They're more just like you look at it and you're like, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. It just is going to take me time to manipulate the things to get right. to it. So I'm hoping there's a little more thought that has to go into the future puzzles of the game. But like I said, this was like a five-minute demo. Do you get the sense that it needed to be VR? I don't think it needed to be VR, but I think it's an interesting VR game. Um, but I think that's kind of a hard thing to portray in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I think something like Moss that came out earlier this year with the little mouse that plays a very similar way. Um, 
like I think it takes a little time to understand why yeah, they made that choice. That Moss demo is like maybe fifteen minutes long, as opposed to a five minute demo. Mm, not was really it? though. It was like ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. this is maybe double the time that I spent on Star Child today. So, right on. But no, it was it was still cool. But uh, I'm skeptical at the moment. I'm skeptical too, since you're skeptical about it. But I didn't actually check it out. But that's good. What you've said about it, I don't, I don't really know. Great. <laughs> Did you play anything today, Brian? This is like the NPR uh, SNL skit. <laughs> Sweaty about balls video, about video games. Yeah, we're all talking very calmly and slowly because <laughs> we're tired as balls. <laughs> Did what did you play, Brian? I don't think I played anything today. Really? I just watched people play stuff. Because I don't really have the patience to wait for people to be done. Did you see anything that you would want to play? Uh, yes, I believe. But I forgot what they are and I left the cards in the other room. That's good. Do you want to go grab them while Rick tells us about Donut County? Oh, wait. I took notes on my phone. I forgot about that. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yes. Rick can go on first. Rick. Hi. So Talk to us about Donut County. Yeah, so I wanted to seek out Donut County specifically because I had been following the uh, Ben Esposito on Twitter for a while, and he tweets lots of silly uh, gifs about it. This game is very interesting. Uh, it's yeah. super cute. It has like a very nice aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It's about a raccoon named BK and his friend Mira, and it actually has a narrative and there are a bunch of really interesting elements to the story and how it's delivered, which I think are also pretty novel. But the core gameplay mechanic is you're a whole, and you are being controlled by this raccoon, and you move around, uh, essentially like filling in the hole with random objects throughout the world, and as more stuff goes into it, it gets bigger, and you can take bigger objects. Mm-hmm. I did, like uh, holes work. I did yeah. get a chance to watch a few people play Donut County. I did too. Uh, and when I thought they were going to hand the controller off to me, uh, they actually just handed it off to their friend. I was kind of disappointed in that. Those jerks. Um, but just watching them play, I was like laughing at the way the game operates. For sure. Like yeah. Just watching. Like not even, I had no headphones on. I didn't know. There was no sound because everything's paired up to headphones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was it was very it was it was just fun to watch people. It's play super it. it's super charming. Yeah, and it's definitely. really silly. Like there are yeah. some really good physics bugs, yeah. or not bugs, but just like the mechanics of the physics are <laughs> yeah. really good. Like if something is a little bit too big to fit through the hole, <laughs> yeah, and I, you move towards it fast enough, you'll like make it fly across the stage essentially. Yeah, I watched the guy wiggle his hole around to try to get a board to like stand up on end so yeah. it would fit. In his hole, mm-hmm. he couldn't stick it in the hole. <laughs> There's something very satisfying and like compulsory about getting everything in yeah. the hole. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. I so saw a really clearing, large clearing stack the whole of level. Stuff. Yeah, so Just it totally scratches that itch. Yeah. I also felt really weird when I like broke the sequence. Like I think I grabbed something that was bigger than an, uh, another item that was on the screen. Oh, yeah, so yeah. like my OCD was shining through or something like that. But it was, it was is, cool. Uh, is that a PS4 only game? I don't know. I'll take a look real quick. That's a good question. I, yeah, I'm curious about that. I feel like it'll make it elsewhere 
at some point. Yeah, but that's my hunch is that it'll launch on PS4 and then make it to other platforms. Right. Yeah. Um, I after that I played the Switch version of Kentucky Route Zero, which is pretty interesting. I played episode hmm. one on my computer at some point. Um, so seeing that on Switch form was pretty nice. The interface is pretty. It's pretty slick. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Um, Brian, what do you have notes? Yeah, I one game that I saw that I thought was intriguing was uh last year the nightmare looks kind of like a multiplayer game kind of in the vein of Friday the 13th oh is this is this the one by the dead by no that's a different no, one no that's okay. a different one that's death garden I want to say yeah. but that also looks interesting but I haven't had a chance to really see that in action yeah but uh last year looks pretty pretty cool it's got a yeah i saw some uh basically what looked like teenagers running around a high school collecting objects and uh trying to figure out a way to survive to escape yeah i would there like was this crazy giant zombie looking dude which i guess was the the one person that is trying to kill everybody else hmm. so yeah that might be worth checking out. I would like to play more urban maps in Friday the 13th, so maybe that'll scratch that itch. Maybe. Right uh, I'm going to push through a couple of quick ones that Let I me, hated. I'll break in. Donut County is listed on Steam as coming in 2018. Oh, that makes so. sense. Yep. It, I was thinking. It seems like a Steam game. Yeah. Um, I mean, hated is a really strong word here, but, but there's this game. It's a mobile game by Fancy Rabbit. And it's called From Beneath. And it's essentially the girl who was presenting it to me, all she kept saying is like, it's a stealth game and you need to use <laughs> stealth because you don't want to be seen or make any noise. <laughs> so you have to be very quiet and out of sight. And I was like, okay, like I got that. Uh, this game sucks. <laughs> I'm just going to throw it out there and I'll tell you why it sucks. Is because is it because you can't run in guns blazing? No, it it sucks because I can't stand touchpad like touchscreen controls of games that like you really need analog sticks for. Like you just need them. It doesn't work. Like it, I don't know. It, graphically, the game was mediocre at it best. It looks it like was, they were Evil. presenting it on Nvidia Shields, so you could like. I mean, an Nvidia Shield is supposedly like a fairly powerful. That's what the Switch is based on. Yeah. Shield, Shield Tegra architecture, or whatever. Yeah. Kind of like this card. It looks like a postcard from no, they, hell. They did a really nice job with the presentation of everything, but the game itself is just not fun. Yeah. From I, beneath, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it. Brian. I didn't like that one. Uh, I also Hell's did great. not like this other game called Fatal Velocity, and it's a physics combat game where you're basically like grapple hooking and pulling yourself through the levels, but then you also have to like pull the enemies and like throw them off of ledges and stuff. Hmm. It's not fun. The physics are not good, and uh, the controls sucked. I hated it. Um, so that's another quick one out of the way. And then I also played this game called Decay of Logos, and this one is coming to the Switch and PS4 and Xbox One and Steam. Um, I can't remember the name of the company. Super Gonk? Oh, no, Rising Star Games. Okay. Um, this game was just it, – it looks okay, I feel like on next-gen systems, I would expect a little bit more out of it. On a Switch, it might look a little more reasonable based on the Switch being less powerful. 
controls were super sloppy, but it's kind of along the lines of like a Zelda, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, like Dark Soulsy, but not super Soulsy. Like the enemies were definitely like difficult, but not overly difficult. And the uh, your attack um, follow through when you attack isn't uh, interruptible. So hmm. it's hmm. very Souls esque in that respect. But it, I'm not going to say I hated that game necessarily. I just I feel like it's still very early on and yeah. needs a little bit of help. Can can we touch on since you're saying Souls esque? Can we touch on Code Vein for a second here? I didn't play it. I didn't play it either. But we watched it for a we second. We did watch it for and, a second. And what was very Souls esque about it was the huge frame rate drop. But I yeah. mean, <laughs> <Or> massive <laughs> frame rate drop and, That's and a the bummer. attacking in the wrong directions and. The art yeah, style is a lot really like cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's it cool. is a very cool looking game. I'm very excited I, to see. I'm sure more it'll of it. run better once it's actually out. Hopefully, too. yeah. And I would actually really like to play it tomorrow. We'll see if I do. But yeah. it's uh, yeah, it's very very long lines for that yeah. one. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like the line was long, and they cut it off at a point, yep. and they won't let anybody line up for it. Like so. Once it gets to a certain point, you're kind of screwed, and you have to wait for the line to go all the way down before they start letting people back in. It's so definitely in the same vein as Souls games. Same vein. <sighs> ha 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 ha. You're so funny. You ass. I'm trying to think of what else I played today. Um You played a Souls like game. Did I? You did. It was not above. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was not from beneath either, but sort of. Today <laughs> I got to play the game that I bought an Xbox One for. It's called Below. It's by Campy Games. Um, it was announced in like 2013, before this podcast was a thing, and it's amazing. <laughs> it's gonna make me buy an Xbox One X. And the, like, if you look at the trailer, the art style doesn't really look like it's not like a graphical powerhouse or anything like that. But they're doing such cool effects with the rain and lightning and um, the lantern that you use and the tilt shift focus that's going on. Like, it was awesome. We got to sit there and talk to uh, someone from Campy Games, uh, Christian Meyer, who's there kind of running the below demos at the Xbox booth. And it was just awesome talking to him to hear about and like I am I, I said the words tilt shift to him and he's like the whole game is built around the idea of tilt shift focus he's like we want to play the game from very far out like very far away from such a tiny character but pull your focus using like selective blurring of the screen essentially and that was kind of the start of below and it's really cool. You have it's a game where you have to you're trying to get lower and lower into cave into a cave like different levels essentially below each level. Yeah, and go further and further below, and you'll unlock shortcuts to go back. It is roguelike. Like if you die, it you you get a new character that gets sent to the island. I think you can meet back up with your corpse and harvest mm-hmm. some stuff from it. Organs. Uh, you have to keep yourself warm. You have to keep yourself with fed. Organs. You have to keep yourself. Um, you have to keep your thirst. You have to keep yourself hydrated. Um, I just want to take a week off of work and play that game for the rest of that week. 
because it just I think it's gonna be something really special. So yeah, I don't have an Xbox, and I don't want to buy one, but I really want to play this game a lot. <laughs> it's like it feels really nice. It's very slow and deliberate. Yeah. So it's hard to play in the context of like a PAX because you don't want to. Yeah. You want to take your time. Yeah, you know? that's, that's like how a I game feel you want most of the games. Like yeah, totally. But this one in particular, I think you want to sit down. A couple minutes just isn't really enough for me. Yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, it's just there seems like there's so much to it. There's so much attention to detail. I got to ask him why they kind of at one point they gave it like a, I think they gave it a fall 2017 date, like two years ago or something like that. And I asked him, I was like, so what happened? He's like, well, everybody was giving us great feedback about the game, but they were all playing the first 20 minutes hour of the game. And by the time we got to the end of it, we just felt like it wasn't, the journey wasn't there. It wasn't what we wanted it to be in the back half. So we've added more secrets. We've made it more worth your time to go to those lower levels of the cave and really find loot and secrets and things like that that are going on. So, I, you know, it sounds like they delayed it with good reason. What if they could make it, like, procedurally generated and endless is it procedurally generated there's definitely like a procedural aspect to it i don't know to what degree i think maybe it's floors you haven't visited yet on a run or a series of runs are regenerated or or it's like randomized what rooms on the floor you're gonna do so it is kind of like that but i mean yeah i don't know if they did like a new game plus or something like that or endless mode there's there's a a good time and place for that in some games it works but like i don't know i feel like in a game like that it might just detract from the character that it has i feel like having deliberate level designs is generally better it's interesting because there's no like story to it per se you're they're they're trying that there's no like as far as i know there's no speaking being done you're not reading anything there's no item lore or anything like that but are there like at least some sort of emotions or something like conveyed from the uh playable character not really because you're so far pulled out from them that like you know obviously they did like i think he was talking to somebody telling them about how the the warmth mechanic works and you'll realize that certain parts of the cave are colder than others and your character will start to shiver and you'll see his breath and stuff like that to like tell breath you of the wild yeah but it's so much like this is like breath of the wild if it was completely zoomed out to like you know i can barely she- uh, see shit in breath of the wild i don't know if this is a game for me maybe not but i might need to actually get glasses finally i'm extremely excited for it i i can't wait to play it and it's they they have said it will come out this year. So, but I believed them last time. Maybe it won't. Right ah, maybe you'll be a sucker again. Yeah, I'll buy my Xbox One X. They'll be like, nope, sorry, Xbox Two. Yep. Two X. Yeah. Uh, triple X. Yeah. By the time it comes out. Yep. And I'll have Vin Diesel on the top. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy that one. I feel like most of the Midwest Podcast Network would buy that one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Probably. I know Willie and Tim would. 
John, what else did you play? Uh, so I played Opus Magnum. This is already out on Steam, GOG, and Humble Store. It's essentially it's a puzzle game based on uh, like alchemy equations. So you're like taking specific elements and you're either neutralizing them into salt or changing them to other elements and combining them to create uh, different combinations. And you're looking like you're basically a lot of them. I think you're trying to get to like precious metals, right? Like gold and stuff uh, like that not quite okay. like the the whole well so in the tutorial i was really only playing with fire and salt and water oh okay so um you shouldn't play with fire yeah shut up uh <laughs> this i played through 95 percent of the tutorial which basically taught you all of the mechanics of like every little thing in the game and i want to keep playing it yeah like Badly, like I've heard really good things about that game, and what I don't yeah. understand is why is it not on an iPad? It, yeah, it is f- like the format of the game would fit perfectly on an iPad, and I don't know if they have plans to do it on an iPad or what. But I want to play it. I want like it's the kind of game that like you can pick up and put down all the time, and it's not the kind of game I want to play on a PC. I want to play that on a tablet or a phone. So yeah, I think it's pretty perfectly suited for that. Like, cause I played Space Chem by them, and yeah. it would be a perfect iPad game. But as far as I know, it's never come out. Isn't that the game that that was it? Good old games that didn't initially pick it up because it seemed too much like a mobile game. I'm pretty sure Space Chem or Opus Magnum. No, Opus Magnum. I don't know. I I didn't hear anything about I that. Thought, I Maybe. thought we actually reported about that at one point. My bad. We've talked about Opus Magnum, but I don't know. I don't know if we touched on that specifically. So yeah, but anyway, just to kind of get back into the gameplay a little bit, it's cool because you're you you put these elements on the screen to like you put elements. You're putting like spawn points for the elements, you're right? Spawn points for the elements. You're also putting like little like grabbers that will hold on to them, and then you have to then program the grabbers to not only like when to grab but yeah. also when to release. release the element you have to program them to rotate to like lead the element along a path of uh the uh to get them to their endpoint yep the resolution or the product i think i think they call it the product um but it's interesting because it's almost like a time code like a timeline for like yeah. a movie yep. where like you're giving it these directions of what to do and then you hit play and or like it plays a, through like a like a beat mixer kind of thing yeah, yeah. It, it's very very it's a very cool game uh it, i when i got to the final level of the tutorial i could not beat it like i was like i, c- I couldn't figure it out and i part of that was me hesitating because i didn't want to take up too much time because there were people waiting to play yeah well, apparently you shouldn't worry about them. <laughs> yeah. No, and I, I kind of panicked because I was trying to click back to the menu and I ended up just exiting out of the game oh. completely. And the guy was like, oh, it looks like it crashed. I was like, actually, no. Like, that was totally my bad, dude. Like, I clicked the X <laughs> and I shouldn't have. Like, Yeah, but, Space yeah. Space Chem eventually got very difficult. So I'd be worried about the same with Opus Magnum as well. Well, it, but. one of the things that, if I recall correctly, in hearing a previous uh, interview with one of the creators, they have a GIF creator built into yeah. the game so mm-hmm. you can record your sequence that you create because everybody does it differently. And then you can instantly post to Twitter your GIF creation of like how you solved a particular puzzle. They also immediately post like the histogram of how many steps it took you to solve the puzzle. 
and you can see where you fall in the average with all the other people that have yeah. played the game. So you get to find out how much of an idiot you are. I don't yeah, know pretty I much. Really it's, like it's just a different all. level of uh, or how much of a genius you are. Yeah, yeah. It could go either way. Different level of competitive gaming. Are um, the are are your uh, solutions being fed into a program that recruits you to go maybe, to outer yeah. space? Maybe, yeah. Pro- you're probably mining cryptocurrency. There's it's block. It's a blockchain it's a in the blockchain. back. Yeah. Okay. Stacks this is on actually stacks on you're stacks. literally the the alchemy you're doing is making a bitcoin. You're making a single bitcoin yeah. each time you solve a puzzle. So it's actually a physical object. No. Yeah, I 3D print them. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> Um, another really cool game that I checked out and I don't really know, I should have done a little more investigating about when it's coming out and actually speak. I couldn't, that does look really cool though. None of the people in the booth for this game were wearing like any form of clothing or anything. Most of them are not. No, like all the other games, like every other game I looked at, they were wearing clothing pertaining to the game they were promoting. This booth was not, the game's called Overland. Uh, it is like a seems like a post-apocalyptic sort of like strategy turn-based strategy game uh, you know along the lines of final fantasy tactics and XCOM and things like that some kind of alien race or something looks like that you're given no story at all in this tu- you know this it's not even a tutorial i think you just start you in the game but essentially you have to like find friends in the world and find fuel and steal a car and then just keep moving west is what the game says like it says like make friends find fuel steal a car move west we're like the, the bullet points of is, is that the way the, the game works. object of the whole game essentially yeah that's what i gathered from it from playing why do it. i want to go west i don't know man to get away from the east i think you want to find more civilization really, or something yeah and something expensive out lines. there that's there's like fall in the ocean there's like a, a larger map that you can see and there's a risk reward you based want, on how much fuel you have and where you could potentially use all of your fuel and go to like a gas station to try and get more or you can go straight and stop and maybe like try and pick up a stranger who may or may not be hostile I think there are like yeah, all types and then of it, like it also looked like you could end up in an area where like if because you didn't have enough fuel like you could end up in an area that doesn't have any fuel at all and then you're just kind of screwed. You're, so, tr- you're trying to go west to meet the king of wishful thinking, I believe. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Nobody. No. I, don't yeah. Know. I yeah I get it. It's too late for me right now. It's a I good song. The band's name is Go West. Yeah. Okay. Anyways. Oh. Um. It was in Pretty Woman. But yeah, this game was really cool. I really liked it. The art style is is cool. It's a little um it's not super detailed, but it's it's like it fits, you know, the that style of games. Like those those games all kind of look similar to me in a way. Like XCOM and this game have a similar aesthetic. Uh it's pretty cool though. I want to I want to play more for sure. The last game that I I actually was they they awarded me a half an hour press sit down with the, one of the engineers, the executive producer, Jeffrey Edwards, for Citadel Studios. I got to sit down with him and play Legends of Aria, which in their words is a spiritual successor to Ultima Online. This is legitimately like the most sandbox game I've played next to No Man's Sky, I guess, because hmm. No Man's Sky is pretty sandbox. But he, Jeffrey walked me through the whole process of creating a character and explaining to me about how essentially like your character class like i chose a blacksmith like it's up to me to kind of figure out what i'm going to do with my blacksmith so 
in starting out, I go to the mines and I do some mining and I get some ore and I take it back to the foundry and I make ingots and then I can produce all kinds of weapons and things. And everything you do, you're building these skills. So like as I go to the mine to mine for ore, I'm building my mining skills. You can earn up to 600 points per skill that you have. Or no, I'm sorry, 600 points total between all of your skills. So you mm. can, and the skill book is pretty massive. Yeah. So you could have several skills, like several things that you're pretty good at, and then like one thing that you're amazing at, or you know a bunch of things that you're not very good at. So you're you're always building these skills, and the world <coughs> outside of the towns is full PvP. It is not permadeath. You can you can build characters specifically for hunting other characters, which is cool. Hmm. They had me actually playing on a Hell live yeah. server. And Troll they, they did offer me like a like a seven seven day trial period thing, but um, I was also told that if I really like the game, just email them and they'll hook me up. That's awesome, which is pretty sweet because I do I I actually do want to sit down and kind of play the hell out of this because it seems like the sort of game where you could make a serious time commitment and like like really sink your teeth into. I'm it. curious so, about it. Yeah, it, it, it graphically, even even you know Jeffrey had said it's not the most graphically amazing game. Like you're not looking at something that's using the most current engine or anything like that. But they are constantly trying to update it yearly to make sure the graphics can kind of evolve with the game as well. So so is it top down like it's a Ultima it's a online was yeah like a three quarter like, three quarters yeah yeah whatever the, or isometric, isometric. yeah it's, it was very cool. Uh, a little bit of uh, a gl- you know lagginess to it when I was moving from outside, moving from the town to like outside of the town, um, and I actually had an NPC that I had hired to follow me, in th- you know, or I was taking him to like a, a neighboring town, and we were attacking wolves, and th- the NPC was like significantly stronger than me, and Jeffrey's like, that's not supposed to be like that. He's a bard. Like bards aren't supposed <laughs> to do supposed more to damage than a black. Playing music and inspiring, yeah, you, right. So it, the game still needs a little bit of work, but it sounded to me like they were hoping to have it up and like available uh, on Steam within the next year or so. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but it's a very cool looking game, and it seemed very in depth and very um, what's the word I'm looking for expansive. So uh, yeah, I definitely want to play some more of that for sure. Again, it's called Legends of Aria by Citadel Studios, uh, and yeah, thanks thanks again to Jeff and. Uh, Sonia Weathers, uh, she hooked me up with that um, press sit down. Yeah, that was very cool. They were super knowledgeable of like the whole industry and were like telling, giving me all kinds of tips about networking and everything. And one of the big things like they stressed to me was like we really should have put our email address and our business cards hmm. to save that step Whoops. of having to send people to the website. But we're you know. so yeah, we're such amateurs. Yeah. But anyways, uh, and there was another PR guy at the booth from a different company who was just kind of like, he's like, oh, you really want to get into this? Like, here's some other companies you should talk to, blah, blah, blah. So I'm uh, hoping I can meet up with a few of them tomorrow and just kind of name drop him and see what's up. But, That'd be cool. Um, yeah, this is, this is a pretty eventful day considering we're up at, you know, past midnight recording this. Yeah, um, I did get to go to a few panels checked out that we have concerns one which is awesome who uh, did you meet i got to meet jeff canada of the totally rad show and slash film cast and defining moments and everything it makes me feel great why because he's awesome yeah he's pretty cool he's a really nice guy and just I, it's weird for me because i've been watching him since 
2006. Yeah. So like 12 years of me watching the Totally Rad show and all the stuff that he does. So that's awesome. But um, cool. And 404ing it with Pat Bear was great. Got to watch some internet videos with Danica Herod of uh, Waypoint fame and Abby Russell of uh, Giant Bomb fame. And uh, there was also streamer Kate Stark. And uh, they brought some very interesting videos for us to watch. Very interesting. It ended in a very sour, bad note. Yeah, it was very <laughs> it was it was it was good still. And uh the giant bomb panel was amazing as it always is. So Except you're actually at it this time. Yeah, yeah. We were in the first quarter of the room and you guys saw how far back we were. They were like yeah. probably ten rows in front of us or something like that. And was it, that like the biggest theater? Maybe? No, it wasn't because no. the main stage was being set up for like the Final Fantasy music oh, thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, so so they were they were in the second biggest theater, and there were a lot of people there. The line started before the line before it yeah. went away. Essentially, people were being jerks, and it was a bit of a mess. We waited in the line for for ninety minutes. So, right on. Yeah, I also um, quick shout out to Max from Color Fiction. He's got a game called North Zero, or I'm sorry, Zero North Zero West. Um, this is a very chill game. He kept describing it as like a relax, uh, relaxing, like dream simulator in a way, where you're <laughs> try just trying, you're trying to find your way into the next dream. Yeah. By running through different uh, platforming, like first person platforming style. The art style of this game is like super wild, like crazy colors and things. Like and a dream. Yeah, it's just kind of all over the place, but not necessarily realistic per se. Uh, it's very surreal, very crazy, but it was interesting. He said it's uh, he's looking forward to having it in VR, and he's the next big patch that he releases is going to have VR support on Steam. Sweet. Uh, again, the game is Zero North, Zero West. And it is by Color Fiction. Uh, yeah, so thanks again to Max for sitting down with me for a minute and letting me play through his game. Um, any other games you guys want to talk about or panels? Brian and I did play Mother Gunship yesterday. It's a first-person shooter coming on PS4 and PC. I played that today. It's very fast-paced. I like the movement speed in yeah, it. Yeah, that it part was interesting, but I didn't really understand what my objective was yeah it was just yeah. like run from other one than get a really good next. score yeah it was like like room like clear each room it's just along. a standard first it reminded me a lot of like doom yeah but it reminded me yeah it was like a mix between doom and descent yeah oh okay yeah i could see a good that one. um it's weird because the gun like you've got a melee in your left hand and a gun in your right so the right click was the shoot yeah that kind of was strange to me but Oh, I watched a bit of uh, Iron Maiden or Ion Maiden being played today, which is apparently a 3D Realms game, mm. which is a brand. It looks like it's running on the same engine that Duke Nukem did, basically. <laughs> Duke Nukem Forever or but Duke really, Nukem 3D? Really fast. No, Duke Nukem 3D. Like, can I load a wad into it and make That's all the enemies looks something? Like. I mean, I don't know if it's a new... I need to do some research on it. Yeah. But it looks like a, they just put a, a new game into the old Duke Nukem engine <laughs> and, you know, up it and stuff. That's good. It's, it, it was a very fast-paced, very old-school shooter. Um, so, I mean, that might be cool. Yeah. I'd like to actually try it out. 
there wasn't like a huge line or anything, but I think I had somewhere else to go at the time. Yeah. So yeah. I'm still, is there anything anybody's hoping to play? There's one other PSVR game. I just want to, I want to play code vein. Yeah. Like I actually want to physically play the game. Um, and I think that's pretty much it in terms of playing stuff. Other than that, like I still want to kind of talk to some of these devs and just kind of like, you know, hand out these business cards that we have and like make connections because I think that's important for us to uh, continue networking. Yeah. Um, there's a game called The Persistence that's coming for PSVR. It looks like a uh, kind of like a Doom 3 first person shooter survival horror. You got like a flashlight and kind of stuff. Right on. So I'd like to try that out. Um, I, w- I will say um, I'm a little disappointed that none of the VR games for PSVR were using any form of like aim controller. I support. have to think that this game will. At some even point. like Killing Floor, like they had the Killing Floor uh, VR game, really, and there's no aim support for that. And yeah, none currently. of them, none of them had the aim support thing or the aim gun, w- which is disappointing because the aim support or the aim the, the aim gun is that's like my favorite way to play games in VR. Like it's just awesome. Like every game I played with that is is so much fun. I don't know why you wouldn't want to. It's pretty cool. Those. I hope they have something like that for the PC VR solutions at some point. I get three there's a for you. there's a Vive handgun that you can get on Amazon, but that's all I know of at the well, moment. That's a handgun. I'm thinking more like a two-handed kind of thing. Yeah. Because I mean, the touch controllers for my Oculus feel close enough to like holding a gun or something. Right, right. It doesn't need to be super realistic or anything. I just want to keep yeah yeah um and my only other criticism so far is like i understand that the battle royale thing is like a huge deal right now and very popular and fortnite and PUBG are like the biggest games currently in in, in the world but I'm a little disappointed that like every single booth had Fortnite playing in it, basically. And or PUBG. Or PUBG. There was a lot of PUBG. Like they're yeah. showing off. They're showing off these like amazing gaming rigs and peripherals and things, and they're just using Fortnite and PUBG to do it. And I'm just like, what a waste! Like, all everybody one everybody's already seen these games. Like, two, everyone's already played them. And three, like you, you're showing off like this totally badass like MSI like gaming rig, and yeah. you're using a game that doesn't even look that good. Like it's not even. <laughs> yeah, like, neither of those games are top notch. I mean, they graphically. don't look. They don't look terrible, but they're also not really pushing the system so much. Like I'd rather like see something a little more like yeah, I mean, intense. Like Far Cry Five was a better choice. Some of those yeah. manufacturers are using that. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I That's found a really nice looking game. I found interesting. They did a Jackbox, like a celebrity Jackbox panel. Mm-hmm. All the celebrities on it were streamers, and. There's a whole side of this convention that none of the four of us are engaging in because we don't really like watch and follow people that Twitch and YouTube stream all the time. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's just interesting yeah. to me that like those people probably look at us and are like, well, who cares about any of the crap that they're doing? Right. Because we're not uh, playing PUBG and Fortnite. Yeah, well, not that we're not playing them, but just that we are not. We're not engaging in the. We are not influencers. We are not people right. that are, that have, that are 
on we're not Twitch partners, you know, and those people care about Fortnite because it's what everyone's watching because it's what kids are playing on their phones in class nowadays. Yeah. It's, you know. Yeah, I just, I find it disappointing again that they're using all these amazing things. Well, I in, mean the AMD the booth had a bunch of Far Cry 5 up. You yeah, know. well AMD like if you bought the, a new Ryzen processor, you get the uh game for free. Yeah, like, well, I mean, you know, at least they're, they're playing partnered. something that's more graphically challenging yeah. than you know, Far Cry 5 is a pretty looking game if nothing else. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, that's pretty much it for day 2 of PAX. Yeah. Any final thoughts on anybody? Rick? I want to go to bed. Yeah, I think <laughs> we all do. I'm lo- I'm kind of losing it. Um, yeah, so everybody, thanks again for listening to this uh, day two episode of PAX 2018. We will be back tomorrow, hopefully, for another little follow-up, and then also on Sunday. So be sure to check back, and we appreciate your time and listenership, and we will hear from you soon. Thanks. Yep. Peace.